0: Our faith landed down to this age Came to us through sacrifice Oh, heed the faithful words of Christ Holy words, long preserved For our walk in this world They resound with God's own heart
1: Let's bow for an opening prayer. Father in heaven, we have come to worship you. We have read how you gave manna in the wilderness long ago, and we see that you still provide for those who hunger and thirst today. May the songs we sing and the words we say, what we think and what we feel be acceptable and pleasing to you. Forgive us when what we say is harmful, a poor choice of words. Forgive us when our actions do not live up to our words of faith. How wonderful it is to know that you sent your Holy Spirit to live within us so that we might become a people of integrity. Thank you, Father, for blessing us and promising that you will be among us this hour with your blessings. When we leave this place, may we be emboldened to share your good news with others in the name of Jesus who taught us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I believe you will agree with me that all meaningful human accomplishment requires perseverance. However, we have limits that the desire to persevere cannot overcome. Perseverance is not a panacea. Perseverance, however, is what we can offer to God. And the truth is that if we do not offer God our perseverance, then we will not have spiritual transformation. It just won't happen. So, this is part two of this series that I'm on. Entitled, this this sermon is entitled, The Road to Moriah. The author of Hebrews said this. He, He said, Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. That tells me that God's expectation is that we don't quit we don't ever stop serving him. How do we develop perseverance? There are several ways. Perhaps the most significant way the New Testament writers often affirmed was striving during hardship. James said, he said this, Consider pure joy, my brothers. Whenever you face trials of many kinds... Because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, I know there are some translations, English translations, that use the word endurance in this verse. But if you look at the Greek word, it's endurance with patience. It's a striving. It's more than just endurance. It really is more properly translated, in my opinion, to be perseverance. And there are plenty of translations that do use the word perseverance. Suffering always changes us. Suffering may be the number one formative factor in our spiritual growth. Suffering is not like Bible study, group prayer, a meeting that we arrange, right? Instead, suffering happens because life gets in the way. Life inevitably arranges suffering for us. It makes sense, then, for us to look at how we respond to suffering. The writer of Hebrews urged us to follow an example, the example of a crowd of witnesses that was from back in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 witnesses who have persevered before us and the primary champion the one who had the most space in the crowd was Abraham so let's do a study for a time this afternoon regarding how Abraham that wonderful Old Testament saint endured the most difficult stage of his life. God said to him, from back in Genesis 22 verse two, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. It was a dark road on the, on the way to Moriah. It was dark, not because Abraham traveled at night. It was dark because Abraham was on his way to give up what he loved most in his life. Isaac was not only Abraham's son, he was the fulfillment of a promise from God. Isaac was Abraham's hope for the future. As Abraham walked in uncertainty, perhaps he remembered the words spoken by God at an earlier time. I have made you a father of many nations, the Lord God promised to Abraham. Perhaps you know what it's like to walk in darkness when God seems distant remote, silent. Sometimes faith is walking in darkness, simply refusing to quit. Sometimes faith is just hanging on. The character of your faith is what allows you to be transformed by suffering and hardship. But faith does not have doubt-free certainty. Rather, faith is, or faith has, tenacious obedience, obedience to the word of God. The story of Abraham's journey to Moriah began in Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. The story began with these words, Sometime later, God tested Abraham. Now let me tell you, I've had my share of tests through the years, I'm going to tell you another story, I I know I've been storytelling lately. I remember well when I was a student at the University of the Philippines. My first two years there as a student, I wasn't much smarter than a box of rope, (laughs) seriously. I marveled at how those 16-year-old kids, my classmates, that's right, because at that time. There were only 10 grades in the elementary and high school in the Philippines at the time. I had 16-year-old classmates that were able to learn calculus, physics, and chemistry all at the same time. I marveled at how easily they were able to do that. I was tested. I was humbled. A test can be a difficult experience through which a person's true values, their commitments and beliefs are revealed. Or are you going to quit when the going gets tough? Abraham's test, recorded here in Genesis chapter 22, reveals a lot about perseverance and endurance. And one of the truths about the testing administered by God is that God God's testing is applied only to people of faith. God's testing is not applied to the ungodly. Testing is reserved for those people who are in a covenant relationship with God. And even though it's painful, testing is an act of love. Suffering serves to test our faith. Again, the words of James, You know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 1, we see that God called Abraham's name. And Abraham responded by saying, here I am. I believe Abraham's response was more than simply telling God where he was. For me, Abraham had meaning behind his response. The meaning, I'm available. I'm here to serve you Lord God. Abraham had heard God's voice before. He had heard God's voice make wonderful promises about his destiny when he was a young man. God instructed him to do something very difficult. God told him to leave his homeland, instructed him to go to an unfamiliar territory, traveling to a new land, and he did. God told him that he, God, was in a covenant relationship with him, bound by indissoluble ties, and that They would have a sign of their, or he would have a sign of their relationship, that covenant relationship. And what was that sign? God told Abraham that he would be circumcised, and he was. God told him that his wife, Sarah, would have a son, even though their combined ages equaled 190 years. And we know the story, Abraham laughed, but apparently he remained obedient because Sarah gave birth to a son. God had asked him to give up everything, to move to a new land where he would be a stranger, to do this for the sake of a promise. But now the voice of God was asking one more thing. This time it seemed that God was asking him to give up that promise. The name Isaac means to laugh. Abraham and Sarah both laughed in temporary disbelief when God promised them a son. They were at the age when just rising rising from a chair was beginning to be difficult. The thought of childbearing at their age apparently seemed to be a bit amusing. But God kept his promise and Sarah conceived and Isaac was born. And then God spoke one more time, but Abraham didn't laugh this time. Not only would he lose his son, but Abraham would also lose his dream for the future. God had promised that Isaac would be the beginning of a new community for humankind. This was to be God's great experiment, a new chance for human beings to live as a family. Abraham must have walked in torment for those three days as he traveled to Moriah. How could he let go of what he loved the most? But he endured because he walked the dark road in faith. But his faith didn't mean that he walked with serenity or without doubts. This faith was difficult. No doubt. So in a way, I'm comforted by Abraham because he, the great paragon of faith in the Old Testament, doubted. He laughed in disbelief. Another time he lied about his wife, placing her in jeopardy to save his own skin. And then yet another time he slept with his wife's servant because he wanted to father a son no matter what. He was wrong a lot of times. But one important thing that Abraham got right was that he kept on going. Abraham never quit. When he and Isaac were close to their destination, they left the servants behind. Abraham said to them, We will return. Why did he say that? Did he want to mislead them? To hide what he was doing? Did they even know what he was doing? Did he think that at the last moment he would not be able to follow through with the instructions that God had given to him? Did he think... That somehow, despite God's instruction to end Isaac's life, that the promise would yet be fulfilled. What was that promise? Genesis 21, 22. For Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. Quite the promise. We can only guess at what Abraham was thinking on the road to Moriah What we do know for sure, however, is that even when he didn't understand, Abraham still obeyed God. Having faith does not mean never having doubts or questions. Having faith means being obedient. Abraham carried the knife and the fire, Isaac carried the wood. It was just the two of them. And then for the second time, a voice called out to Abraham. This time it was Isaac's voice that called out, Father, and Abraham replied, Here I am, my son. Genesis 22, verse 7. Isaac was obviously old enough to notice that they had no animal to sacrifice. His father was strangely quiet. So Isaac asked the question, the fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? To me, Abraham's response, his answer was a bit ambiguous. No doubt. Prompted by a mixture of fear and hope, he answered, God will provide, not knowing how. Or when? Or oh, why? <laughs> they walked on together. You have to think there was almost an unspeakable barrier between them as they went on in silence. One of the most painful aspects of suffering is the loneliness of suffering. Others may offer support, but no one can walk the road to Moriah for you. Abraham remained obedient. He built an altar. He took the wood from Isaac's back and then he tied up his frightened son and laid him on the sticks and the rocks, the stones. The time had come. This was Isaac, his son, the promise of a new community, the dream of God, the reason Abraham had left everything behind. The boy was all that and more. He was bone of Abraham's bone, flesh of his flesh. This had been the little child Abraham sung to him and rocked on his lap. He held the boy one last time and lowered the boy onto the wood. He reached toward heaven with the knife in his hand to kill with a single stroke the life that Sarah and he had created, the life that carried all his hope and joy and his future. And yet even then, at that moment, somehow he believed. Not perfectly. Abraham had never been perfect in his life. He had lied. He had feared. He had impregnated Hagar And he had laughed about the way God promised a son. This is the great irony of Abraham. His journey of faith was riddled with doubt every step of the way. But he still hoped and trusted that this strange and distant God, who seemed so remote and terrifying, would yet turn out to be the God who had spoken to him so many years earlier. He kept hoping, even when, from a human human perspective, the situation seemed hopeless. Adam did not have perfect faith, but he hung on. He placed, he continued to place himself in God's hands. Then Abraham was called a third time. This time an angel of the Lord called from heaven, The angel called his name twice as if he wanted to be sure that he got Abraham's attention. And for the third time, Abraham responded, here I am. He might as well have said, I won't run. I have no place to hide. I have nothing else to give. Here I am. And the angel's voice was heard again. Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him, verse 12. And in an instant, Abraham was given back his laughter, his dream, his son. We know that Abraham did not see the fulfillment of his dream. His dream extended many years into the future. He was counted by the writer of Hebrews among those who did not receive what was promised. He didn't live to see it. Abraham persevered. He did not quit. But it was not his suffering alone that produced his perseverance. It was his, ins- his suffering that endured in faith that produced his perseverance. We are formed and we are transformed through trials. All right, therefore, you know, that's right. We're in training for a long time. This average lifespan of 80 years is the time of training. We are formed and we are transformed through trials. Life is full of trials, especially the mini-trial variety we are confronted, sometimes daily, by opportunities to graciously practice patience or kindness or generosity or perseverance. When your friend interrupts you, you can graciously hold your tongue. When your friend borrows something and doesn't return it right away, you can practice patience When you aren't feeling that well, you can graciously decide not to tell everybody that you speak to. And then there are the larger trials in our lives. We need to add perseverance into these life situations. There could be a dilemma in your life that you want to give up on. Perhaps the challenge is in a relationship or someone you love is far from God. Not Christ-centered. And you've just about given up hope. Maybe there's a pattern of sin that you haven't been able to break free from in your own life. There might be a family rupture that has been going on for many years. Are you on the road to Moriah? We will all, every one of us, Sooner or later, find ourselves there on the road to Moriah and experience suffering in one form or another. And when you find yourself there, will you stay in the race? Will you keep your faith? God understands what it is to walk with suffering. He feels the pain his people feel. Why? Because he loves his people. Jesus also walked in the place of sacrifice, carrying the wood on his back that would be used to put him to death. Jesus, like Abraham, had to walk the road to Moriah. And we know what Jesus exclaimed, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When Jesus was bound, no voice cried out to release him from the ropes that would be used to put him to death. When the blade pierced his side, there was no power to hold it back. No sacrifice was offered in his place. And this time, the son died. This time, the father grieved. But then after three days and three nights... Jesus rose again. The resurrection happened. And so a resurrection to a new life and a new body will come someday for you and me. In the meantime, let us do what Abraham did. We just don't quit. God has a plan for you. And he is well pleased when you are determined to move forward serving him with your life until it is your time to go home. Amen. Hallelujah.